Great job there, young man. Great worship songs. You've all, you sort of had the sermon in the, in the worship, which he chose, not me. So that just shows, you know, Holy Spirit's at work. And uh, he does everything that he wants to do. We just got to get out of the way. So it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, always privileged to be up here and to share God's word. Uh, so I've been given what to speak on this morning, um, which is God is our shelter. So it's, um, it's then going to Holy Spirit and saying, what do you want to say today? And um, yeah, we'll follow what he has, hopefully. And uh, yeah, Father, we, we thank you for, for the fact that you have told us in your word that you are our shelter. And I pray, Father, that as I um, release what you've put in my heart today, I pray, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, you would uh, highlight, underline anything that you have given me and anything that might come through as of me, that, Lord, you would just block it out um, of my thoughts and of everyone else's thoughts. And, Lord God, that as always, you would hide me behind your cross, that we would see Jesus, Jesus high and lifted up, Jesus exalted, and him only. In your precious name, Lord God, we pray. Pray. I did, have, um, <laughs> I did have a couple of the sort of funny st stories, well, sort of fun type stories, um, but I've put them to one side for maybe another day. That doesn't mean it's going to be drab and boring, but I'm going to keep those stories because um, I was reminded last night um, of a worship leader um, who, uh, uh, Brooke Lickerwood or Brooke Fraser, as some people know her, and she would come and, and, and lead worship in a, in a mega church and she would often be in a hoodie and a ripped jeans and all the rest of it. And she came out this day with a guitar around her neck and a Bible in her hand. And she said, you see me dressed today, not as I usually am, you see me dressed in a suit. And she said, because that, I, that is because I have come to do business with God. And I don't mind at all us having fun in church because God loves us to be happy and laugh. But what he's put on my heart today is that we are, I am here to do business with God. I've been following since Wednesday, tea time, uh, a revival that broke out in a chapel service of a university in Asbury, Kentucky. They were just there on the Wednesday night for chapel. They are still going. They haven't stopped. These are all university students because they came hungry for God and when we look at the stuff that's going on in the world today I want to say are we hungry for God are we hungry for what God wants to do in our lives and although we like to have a laugh and although we like to have a bit of fun there's so much horrific stuff going on in our world that we need to make sure I need to make sure where I stand with him you need to make sure where you stand with him because when when the questions come, we're going to have to know in whom we have believed. And we're going to have to know that he is able. He is able. And he says when, God's word says, you know, when you, when you, go, before, when you go before judges and you go before those who are going to question you, there's only you that's going to stand there. And he says, but I will fill your mouth with what you need to say. And so we need to know where we stand in our God. So God is our shelter. I want to start with, with two questions. Where in your life do you sense God's shelter? 
Where in your life do you sense God's shelter? And where in your life do you need to know God's shelter? Where in your life do you need to know God's shelter? I've divided this into three sections. They will overlap because we are one person. We are spirit, soul, and body. Those three sections will overlap. But I've divided them into God as our shelter physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And my prayer is that at least in one of those sections, there will be something that grabs you and you say, yeah, Lord, that's for me. That is what I need. Maybe in all three sections, there will be something that says, that speaks to you by the Holy Spirit, that this is for you. I uh, sent a couple of images to Sean to be shown on the screen. Bless his heart, he's done an amazing job with them. And um, that is the first one. That one will be up there for quite a while. Um, you know, let's celebrate this guy for who he is. Because you wouldn't like the versions that I sent. They were a bit tatty and they didn't, look, they, didn't good very, they didn't look very good quality. So we really thank him and we really appreciate him for what he does in this house. So the first one, God is my shelter. You know, perhaps that's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word, do you know God is shelter? That, it's, that, that we think of an actual house, um, a physical place of shelter, maybe a caravan that people live in, maybe an apartment, maybe a flat, uh, maybe assisted or supported living, uh, some place that we call home. And I'm well aware that in our towns and in our cities, there are folks who are either homeless or very nearly homeless. Um, I'm thankful that I haven't been there. My eldest son was nearly there twice and we had to go in and sort things. So I, have a, I do have an understanding and I have many friends who work in that, in that area. Um, and we pray for them and we know that God is, is using them in a mighty way. But we haven't got to be ignorant of, of what is happening in in our world and in our towns and in our cities, in our streets. Like many of you, I've been absolutely uh, horrified and devastated by what's gone on in the Ukraine and with a war with Russia um, and all the fallout that we've seen, all the lives lost, all the uh, devastation of cities and towns. Um, it just really grips your heart. I've been there and it's, it's, it's horrific. And then of course, right up to date is what we see what's happened in Turkey and, and in Syria with, with the earthquake. And, and sometimes, you know, you watch it on TV and the other night, you know, everything within me wanted to get on a plane and get on my hands and knees and dig away those boulders and that soil. I just wanted to get in there and pull out those little ones that were buried alive. Just wanted to do it. But I'm thankful that we can pray for the people who are skilled because I wouldn't be skilled in that area. But it didn't mean that I didn't want to do it. Those that were trapped in the rubble. So we keep on praying there. And I don't want to belittle that, either of those situations in any way. But I really believe that when we know God as our shelter, whatever situation we have in life, he, that is the most important thing. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider, whether it's the food that we need, the clothes that we wear, the place that we live, the settee that we sofa surf on, whatever it is, God is our provider. And when we know him, then there is something different. There is something more. 
I want to read to you uh, two verses from um, Matthew 18, verses that you'll know really well. And I'm just reading two verses. Uh, it's the story, the parable of the lost sheep. So just this little bit, putting it into context in verse 12, and it says, these are Jesus' words. These are, these are red letter. <laughs> these are the words that Jesus spoke. What do you think, he said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains and seek for the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. He rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. You know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful scripture. And, and we have this picture of the Eastern shepherd and he's leading his sheep. He always led them. He didn't go behind. If you ever feel driven, that's the enemy. That's not the shepherd. Enemy drives shepherd leads and he, he leads his sheep and he brings them into the fold and he counts them in maybe he calls them all by name scripture implies that he did but he certainly calls us by name and this particular day there's one missing 91, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Where's he gone? Where is he today? Where's he wandered off to? And it tells us that he makes sure that those 99 are safe and secure. And then he goes off to look for the one that is lost. That has been a point in our lives when that has been you and me. And many years ago, <laughs> in the old hymns, there was a hymn written called The Ninety and Nine. I'm going to read some of the verses to you. Remember, it is very old, so there'll be lots of these and thous and thuses and all the rest of it. But I just want you to get, there was a lot of theology in some of the old hymns. There were ninety and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold, but one was out on the hills away, far off from the gates of gold, away on the mountains, wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine. Are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer. This of mine has wandered away from me. And although the road be rough and steep, I will go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark was the night that the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. Out in the desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die. But all through the mountains, thunder riven and up from the rocky steep, there arose a cry to the gate of heaven, rejoice, I have found my sheep. And the angels echoed around the throne, rejoice for the Lord brings back his own. You know, he's still doing that. God's still doing that. He's still looking for the one that has wandered. So, you know, scripture implies that we're all sheep. Look at the person next to you. They're just a woolly sheep.
And we're told the sheep are silly. <laughs> but I do love sheep. I've prayed over sheep that have been hobbling about from a distance. But I love sheep. I love herdies. I love herdwick sheep. They've got the most gorgeous faces. So as a sheep, where are you today? Are you safe in the fold? Or are you wandering? Have you got lost? Where are you as the sheep? Because I want to say to you, don't stay wandering or lost. Let him draw you. And some might say, well, how will I know? How will I know if Jesus is knocking at my heart? How will I know? What if I get it wrong? How will I know that it's him? And I'll tell you, you'll feel him tugging at your heart. You know, you'll get that. That'll be him. That'll be him. There'll be something that's not settling there. You look around and you think, well, everybody else just sitting quiet and everybody else seems to be all right. You know that it's him that is talking to you. You'll feel him. And you know it'll be the best decision that you'll ever make when you listen to him. He's a bit of a funny thought. Have you ever had a pet, either a cat or a dog, and you know it gets late at night and, and, and you let it outside for its, its last visit? And you're standing there absolutely freezing. Hurry up! Hoping that none of the neighbours are listening. Get in! Tell him to get in! You know, Jesus doesn't do that with us. He's very patient. He's not out there on the streets. Get in! Our Heavenly Father never forces us to his place of shelter. But it is his greatest desire. And yet he waits patiently. So let me invite you this morning, not to get in, but to be more than a church attender. Let me invite you to, to consider, well, are you just someone that comes into a church, that comes into the building, and really you're on the periphery? That's, that's, that's your association with what goes on in God's house. You're on the periphery. I want to invite you this morning to, to make Jesus your friend. To make Jesus your best friend. To make Jesus your closest friend. To make Jesus your saviour and your Lord. And then when the storms come, because surely they will come, we're not immune from the storms and traumas of life. You will know the one that is to be your shelter. You will come under not just the tiles on the roof, but the canopy of God's goodness and of God's care. And he'll keep you safe. There's a, uh, an amazing guy who went home to be with the Lord a number of years ago. He was one of my David's favorites. He was called Keith Green. Uh, he used to write fabulous songs and uh, pull all the hippies together in America and house them and put them in barns for them to stay out of the cold and teach them about Jesus. And Keith Green talked the talk. He talked it as it was. Uh, some of his songs were, were they're just very straight to the point. And they would sit at his piano and he would just 
tell everybody how much you love Jesus. And I think that was what David liked about him. He just liked the straightness of what Keith Green said. But he said, you know, if you're sitting in a garage, that doesn't make you a car. Perhaps a bit nearer to home. If you're sitting at McDonald's, it doesn't make you a hamburger. If you're sitting in church, it doesn't make you a Christian. Sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian. God is our shelter emotionally. Emotions are funny things, aren't they? They, um, they can't really be trusted. <laughs> They're a part of our soul, man, which our mind, our will, our emotions. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. We are three-dimensional. Our soul gets us into all sorts of trouble. Doesn't matter how long you have said yes to Jesus, your soul is still being saved. Your spirit man is saved, but your soul messes about. Because it's our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions. And I have what, what I, I like to term as we have butterfly thoughts. They flit. What, what holds our attention? What is it that really grasps us and focuses us? Because there's always a thought that's going off somewhere, here, there, wherever. It flits about. God wants to be our shelter in this area as well. How, how do we stay safe in our thoughts? Whether we're watching, reading, looking, thinking, how do we stay safe? in our thoughts. It's as if they're coming in and we kind of stop them. We've seen something on the television that we wished we hadn't switched the channel. We've, we've, we've walked past a news agent and we've seen a picture on a magazine that we wish our eyes hadn't landed on. We're, we're, we're in a crowd, in a supermarket, in a shopping center, in the theater, and we hear words and we wish we hadn't heard them. How, 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 do, we, how do we stop how do we stop those things? How emotionally do we know God as our shelter? How do we stay safe in our thoughts? What do we allow in? And I like to visualize things, and I know a lot of you do, and, 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 and I read this a little while ago where someone says, you hear a noise at your front door, and, and, and you go to open your front door, and what you find there you don't like. Get away, close the door as quickly as possible. And that's sort of what we can do with our thoughts. We just close it immediately. If it's something that we've seen that we, that's, that's not welcome, we, we just get it out as soon as we can. And you know, scripture helps us. This is not um, just suggestions as to how we can live our lives. This is based in God's word. And in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, this is what it says. Taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. And the New King James Version says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, bringing it under submission. Bringing those thoughts under under the submission, making them submit 
to God, not letting them have free reign. So if it's appropriate, repent of that thought. If that thought did not line up with what you know to be right, repent of it. Lord, I'm sorry that thought came in. Lord, I'm sorry those eyes saw what they saw. Lord, I'm sorry those ears heard what they heard. That bad language, that curse word. That's not in my vocabulary. I didn't want to hear it. But I passed by people who said it. Repent of it. God's not going to beat you up. He's going to say, thank you for acknowledging what you've heard to be wrong. Thank you for acknowledging that what your eyes dwelt on wasn't healthy, wasn't wholesome. He is going to be grateful and he is going to thank us and he is going to help us. What if it doesn't line up with the word of God? Well, I went into this store and, and, and I was really hungry and, and, and I didn't have any money with me and I just saw this bag of crisps and I thought, well, nobody's going to notice. I saw this chocolate bar and it looked, what's God's word say? Go and steal and I saw someone over the other side of the street and I thought, well, I don't really like them. I don't get on with them very well. I'll just go up this side path and pretend I didn't see them. What does God's word say? We used to have it on the wall. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. It doesn't say go over and embrace them and say, yo, I haven't seen you for a long time. Just, hiya, good to see you, you all right? Show them God's love. Are these things easy? No, they're not. <laughs> But God tells us to do them, so it must be possible. And then there's words that are spoken over us. You might have had a lot of rubbish words spoken over you, I have. Uh, or words that have been said about us. Oh, she won't make very much of herself. She's not very intelligent. This will never happen in his life. He'll never, he'll never make the grade. Take those words. Take them to the cross. Give them to God. And replace them with what God's word says. You are my chosen creation. You are my masterpiece. You are made in my image. You are the apple of my eye. I love you with an everlasting love. They're just a few examples. Find your own. Find your own in God's word. But when you get those, for the, our visual people again, when you get those words, um, those thoughts, just going back to the butterfly, you know, get a net. Catch those thoughts and deal with them. Don't stamp on the butterflies. It's okay. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nature lover. Let's just put that, let's just slip that in. Stamp on the thoughts, deal with them, get rid of them, and replace them with what God's word says. And as I say, it's not easy, but if God says we can do it, He says, bring every thought and make it obedient to Christ. He wouldn't tell us that if it wasn't possible. He is all concerned about our safety. So very quickly, let me give you a whole page here of scriptures, which I will read out. I'm not going to read them from the word as such, because I'd be flitting backwards and forwards for ages. So I have written them out. 
I'll give you the text and you can read them yourself when you go home if you want to. But these are biblical tools, biblical promises, and then you find your own. Or if you struggle with finding your own, come and talk to somebody that knows their Bible maybe a little bit better than you do, and they'll lead you to ones that'll help you. So Psalm 31 and verse 20, you hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots, from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Psalm 27 and verse 5, in the secret place he will hide me. That's what you speak when somebody says, you whatever. Say, Lord, in the secret place, yeah. you will hide me in the secret place. We read here the words of a worship song. Hide me now under your wings. Cover me within your mighty hand. For when the oceans rise and the thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still and know you are God. Find rest, my soul, in Christ alone. Know his power in quietness and trust. You know, they are, that's a song, but they are declarations. I'm a great advocate of declaring and proclaiming God's word. Declare what he says about you. The storms are going on, the thunder's banging about, and you say, I will soar with you above the storm. I was going to tell you a really funny story about Gillian and I getting caught in a thunderstorm, but maybe that'll be for another day. Or I will just tell you very, very quickly. We went on this, we went on holiday and we went on this 15-minute boat ride to this little island that was barely a mile long by half a mile wide. And it was a nature reserve and, and it, had a, had, it had a castle on it and it had a monastery. And we went out there in shorts and sun tops. And it thundered and it rained. And I said, did your mom ever tell you that when it thundered or rained, you weren't in the middle of trees? We were in the middle of trees. We were surrounded by pouring rain. And I have the photographs to prove it. <laughs> I needed wipers on here. I couldn't see a thing. <laughs> no, I won't, no. <laughs> no, that'll, that'll cost anybody that wants to see them. But God sheltered us and he cared for us. And there's lots of other funny things that happened that particular day, which, as I say, we'll keep for another time. But he did take care of us because we are here to, to tell the truth about that and to testify of that. <laughs> so Psalm 119, verse 14, get on track, Marion. You are my hiding place, Lord God. Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Yeah, there was a tower on the island as well. <laughs> Richard the lion heart went. <laughs> uh, when you feel, when you feel life's falling apart, run into Jesus. When you feel life is coming at you from every which way, run into Jesus. He'll shelter you from the storm and you can hide in him. And you know, I can testify of that. Um, it's over 25 years ago now, I was in a horrendous storm 
and uh, it was a huge storm in my life. And I had a choice as having been a Christian from my teenage years. Well, God, this wasn't the plan. What's this about? What do I do now? I've known you for a long time. Where are you? See, everything in life, we have a choice. And I had a choice to run away from this God that I trusted or to run closer in. Could I trust him? Would he help me? Would he be there? Would he bring me through? I guess you know the answer because I'm here today. But it wasn't easy, but I had to run in and push in and hang in by my fingernails. He is a safe place and he is faithful. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In fact, read all of Psalm 91 when you go home because it's all brilliant. Psalm 18 verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Philippians 4 verse 7, I want to read this to you from the Amplified Version. It says, And the peace of God that transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard around your heart and your mind. So those of you that have had little people in your life, you know, did they have a garrison? Did they have a fort? Did they have a castle? See that. See that fort. It's around your heart and your mind. There aren't, there aren't armed soldiers. There are mighty angels there. Garrison and mounting guard. Garrison a word. It is now. Garrison <laughs> and mounting guard around your heart and your mind. When those thoughts come, when they're rubbish things, Lord, thank you that you are a garrison around my heart and around my mind. Visualize them standing there and they are guarding you with God's peace. The peace that passes all understanding and you'll feel safe. Isaiah 4 and verse 6 says, There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat of the day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. You know, going back to Psalm 91, which is, is just fabulous about dwelling in his secret place. You see, it's not just that God comes along and says, I'm going to keep you safe. He says, you need to dwell. You need to be in the secret place. And that's not, that's not a geographical position. It's a place where God's perfect love casts out every fear. Let, you know, we have some right huggers in this church, don't we? Let God's love envelop you. Let God's love hold you. Let God's love keep you safe. It's the best love that you'll ever experience when the traumas and the storms come and the, the traumas come. We have a choice. And so God, as I was sheltered spiritually, and can I have the second image, please? Uh, thank you, Sharia. Thanks, Preston. What does that one say? Sorry, I'm just getting my water. If the storm hits me, you are my shelter. If the storm hits me, well, it will. It's coming. The, storm, the storms are there. You are my shelter. 
a favourite Bible teacher and author of my, uh, Sheila Walsh says, no matter the storm, God knows. No matter the storm, God cares. And no matter the storm, God is always there. Trade the chaos of how you feel from the truth of who you are. That's worth a repeat, isn't it? Trade the chaos of how you feel for the truth of who he says you are. For the truth of who he says you are. It doesn't really matter too much. I know we, we wanted to, but it doesn't really matter too much what people say about us. We want to be liked, we want to be loved, we want to be cared for, we want people to think nicely of us and kindly of us. Because we're human, we all do. But when the rubber heat hits the road, when push comes to shove and all of those little quirky analogies, it's really what God says about us that matters. The truth of who we are in him. And again, find the scripture verses about what God says about you. You know, there's a, there's a quote that's used very regularly or quite, I've heard it lots. It says, sometimes God calms the storm. Not always too keen on the sometimes. <laughs> sometimes God calms the storm. Sometimes he lets the storm rage and he calms his child. <laughs> we were stood in a physical storm, <laughs> but we're still here. <laughs> and somewhere he calms his child. You know, I'm one of these, when you go onto that island, you're given a map. And, and I'm a bit of a, you know, if I go anywhere, I always come home with all the leaflets. And somebody said, well, did you not have your map? It wouldn't even go, it wouldn't even go in, my, in my shorts pocket. It was just falling apart. It was so wet and soggy. It wasn't a lot of use. But God's word is a lot of use. God's word is amazing. Sometimes God calms the storm, for which we're always grateful. Sometimes he calms his child while the storm rages. Can I encourage you to let him be your shelter? I want to read a verse to you from Exodus. I love the Old Testament. Yes, I love the New Testament, obviously, but I love the Old Testament. And in Exodus, from almost from chapter 3 right away to chapter 40, and then on into, we read the story of Moses, <laughs> poor Moses, bringing the children of Israel an eight or nine day journey for 40 years. 40 years they mumbled and grumbled and complained to get into the promised land. And, and we read Moses would go up to God. He would go up onto the mountain. And I've just seen a picture recently of the mountain where he received the Ten Commandments and the top of it's black. Well, it tells you that the fire of God burned up there. And he would go up into the cloud and he would meet with God. Or he would go into the tabernacle and the, the cloud of, of, of would, would de God's presence as a cloud would descend upon that tabernacle and the people would know that he was meeting with God. And so he would go and he would come back and he would tell the people what God said, what they had to do. 
or we get to this place, so you've just had sort of 40 chapters condensed. We get to this place where Moses says to God, see you have brought me with these people. You have said I have known you by name and, and, and have found, you've said, Lord God, that I've found grace in your sight. So therefore now I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know that you may know you may know you and may know that I have found grace. And, and consider this nation your people. And God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 40 years tramping through the wilderness. He needed rest, bless him. His bones needed a rest. And Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except that you are with us? And then we'd be separated from you and all the, face, the people on the face of the earth. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And Moses said, please, Show me your glory. I have a story about that. I said that once to God, and I promise that is for another day. Ask me about that. And, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face and live. And then the Lord said, but here is a place by me and you shall stand on this rock and all my glory shall pass before you. There's a beautiful hymn that's written about that, that Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock. We sang a modern version of it this morning. Well done, Rob, really grateful for that. Here is a place by me. And here's the thing, we have a choice. We have a choice of everything in life. A choice whether you got up this morning, whether you got out of bed, whether you cleaned your teeth, whether you went in the shower, whether you had your breakfast, whether you came to church. Had a choice. We all have a choice. And God asks us to partner with him, to speak with him as Moses did. And you're saying, Really? in that scary fire cloud place? Really? Yes. Because in Acts 10 and verse 34, Peter, seeing what God was doing, Peter said, I perceive, I realize that God is no respecter of persons. In other words, God doesn't show favoritism. So God spoke with Moses, God will speak with you. As Moses listened, we need to listen to God. It's always two-way. But you know, he doesn't impose his will on us, which is an amazing truth. It's something that I sometimes find hard to grasp and understand, that the creator of the universe doesn't impose his will on us. 
I read a little article where it said there may be or there, or there have been people in your life who manipulate and coerce you. That is, they compel or force their will onto you. And yet God, the creator of the world, does not impose his will onto us, even though he knows what is best for us. So as we, as we pull this in together this morning, you know, it's great to get to know God's character. If we don't know his character, then we won't know that he wants to shelter us. He is faithful. He will never let you down. He is a God of mercy, forgiving our sin. He is love and his nature doesn't change and he cannot deny himself. There is no safer place to be in the midst of your storm than that hiding place with Jesus. In your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence, O oh Lord my God, in your presence, that's where I belong. Seeking your face, touching your grace, in the cleft of the rock, in your presence, O oh God. The song goes on to say, I want to go where the rivers cannot overflow me, where my feet are on the rock. I want to hide where the blazing fire cannot burn me. It's in your presence, O oh God. Where in your life, this is where I started this morning, do you need to know God as your shelter? Where in your life do you need to know God as your shelter? Rob, can you just be making your way up to join me, please? An English hymn writer of the early 1900s wrote this little hymn, one verse. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open and all may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Is it time for the lost sheep to come home? Is that one of the third parts of this morning's message that spoke to you? Have you hooked into that and said, I'm the lost sheep. It's time for me to come home. Our second one, are the storms of life overwhelming you? God said to Moses, here is a place by me. And the third part, have you grown cold or become familiar with his presence? Have you lost your awe and your wonder of the holiness of God? Psalm 91 said, for he who dwells in the secret place of the most high. I'm going to ask that you, every person apart from Rob and I, close your eyes this morning. Just for a couple of seconds, I'm going to ask that you all just close your eyes. And, and Rob and I are just going to keep our eyes open and we're going to look out for what God might do here because I'm believing that he is going to do something. See, there needs to be a response to what God's put on my heart, which I hope I have faithfully delivered. So I'm going to ask you, as I go through those three points, just to pop up your hand. We'll acknowledge that we see that hand and then you just pop it down. And we're going to make space at the end for, to pray with you this morning because I believe that we're going to see what our awesome God will do. So if you're the sheep that's lost, pop your hand up if you need to know Jesus as your saviour. 
and your Lord this morning. Thank you. Bless your sister. If anyone else needs to know Jesus as their saviour and their Lord this morning. Are there storms in your life that are overwhelming you? And you need to hear the words of God saying to you, here is a place by me. Pop your hand up if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in this place today. Third part, have you grown cold or become familiar with his presence? Have you lost your awe and your wonder of the holiness of God? For he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, is that where you want to be? Do you want someone to agree with you this morning to get you back into that secret place, that place of holiness and of awe, where we can have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, but we need to be aware of his awesome presence. Pop your hand up if that's you. Do you want someone to agree with you? this morning thank you lord what you're doing in this place i'm going to hand back to rob in one second he's going to take us into our final song this morning of worship to god and then i'm going to ask all of those people and there was rather a lot which is a great joy to come down and i'll get some folks to help us and we will pray with you if you need to you're the ones that um, want to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time, then we'll do that. We'll lead you to the Lord God. We'll lead you to know him as Savior and Lord. And if you're overwhelmed, someone will stand with you and agree with you for what God wants to do. They will speak into your life. And if you want to know that holy awesome presence of God that's maybe you've moved away from see it'll always be you that's moved not him then come and we'll help you in that as well thank you bless you